true and I'm so excited to have here with us today Kim Nioni. He is an advancement leader that has worked in shops of all different shapes and sizes all over the country including UC Berkeley, Utah State, the University of Arizona, University of Missouri and now he's at University of Florida. He's also one of the founding members of the Black Leaders in Philanthropy Initiative, and he's the host of Evertrue's newest podcast, Mentorship Matters, in which we explore the power of inclusive mentorship and advancement. I am so excited that we have Kim here with us today to talk about the power of inclusive mentorship and advancement. Welcome, Kim. Thank you. Always a pleasure to visit with you and the Evertrue crew. So it's been fun and looking forward to more exciting times. So today, Kim and I are going to talk about mentorship, and mentorship is a huge part of our ethos at Evertrue. It has changed the course of our own CEO and founder's life. It's certainly affected mine in in ways big and small. And today, we're going to talk about the moments when the support of a mentor can really change the course of your life. It can be the make or break and a job change and a big move, those big life, life moments that are just pivotal. Kim, I'm going to kick off with a question, um, and I'd like just your honest, off-the-cuff answer. Absolutely. Why, why does mentorship matter? Mentorship matters, Lillian, because it's a selfless act. It's the selfless act where somebody, an individual, is willing to invest the life lessons that they have had in impacting somebody else's life. Let me tell you a little story. So when I was at the University of Missouri, my former chancellor, Bowen Lofton, and I got to know each other through different campus engagement, and also because we're both purveyors of bow ties. I know I'm not wearing one right now, but that's my signature item next to the glasses. And so we would always talk about bow ties and tweet each other about that. So I ended up becoming the person who was managing his executive suite at the football stadium. And through that, we got to know each other, and he got to know me and took an interest in me as a young professional, I was only a senior director at that time with aspirations to, to have a higher role, to have a role with a big impact. And he shared with me lessons about uh, managing people, managing relationships, and went further than that. He connected me with individuals that I worked for him in the past. And those individuals would help me to see the, the inner me that I did not realize that I had. The skill sets that you may have acquired over the years are the things that are innate in you. But oftentimes, because of the roles that we're in or because of how we came out professionally, we're not mentored. I did not have a mentor up until later in my career. And so to have somebody like that at a senior level in an institution who was like, you know what, I want to invest in you, that helped me realize my potential that, you know what, I may be shortchanging myself. And it's an opportunity for me to realize that inner confidence, the inner self that I have to focus on the fact that. I have something in me that I can offer. What's, what's my mission in this profession? How can I leverage that to connect to the mission of an institution, of an organization that I can serve and be part of? So to me, that's why mentorship is absolutely critical, absolutely a selfless act. I'd like to talk a little bit about mentorship through the lens of the profound effect that it can have on diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. I was recently reading the Pulse of Donor Relations Survey. It was released by DRG Group, and they interviewed over 900 donor relations professionals across the country. 
It's a great survey. Everyone should check it out. But one of the findings was that over half of advancement shops had not yet put into action different practices and procedures in light of DEI efforts. Now, every single advancement shop around the country is talking about how we can improve diversity, equity, and inclusion and belonging. I think a lot of shops struggle in moving from conversation to action. And mentorship is an act, right? It is something that you do. So can you talk about mentorship as an act and helping us move from conversation to action in those DEI conversations? Certainly. So if you look back at, uh, let's say, two years ago when we had the racial social justice movement around the country, a lot of institutions came together and said, you know what, we are going to address these challenges. We're going to, you heard things like we're going to start a scholarship after George Floyd, and that scholarship is going to help students of color. You heard things like we're going to increase the diversity within the ranks of our faculty. You heard things about an advancement that we are going to be a more representative field. Be a, mentorship is an act, to me, means that you intentionally de- develop programs that have actionable and measurable outcomes. And you don't just sit there and say, we're going to do this, but fast forward 25 years later, we haven't gotten anywhere. I was reminded of this a couple of days ago. I was reading a report from McKinsey and Company. They just done this report to assess the efficacy of advancement programs around the country as it relates to diversity. And the thing that was shocking was we had only moved an inch in the two in the years since George Floyd's murder. Only an inch. And if we're to continue the same direction, it we're gonna spend five hundred years plus trying to be institutions that we can be, trying to be organizations that we can be. So for me, the intentionality is to go beyond. I'm going to hire people and I'm going to place them. No, it's to go to a point where I'm going to create programs that address diversity within the ranks and create programs to sustain that diversity and ensure that we are nurturing the talent to assume leadership roles. And then also in institutions that we serve to work with our colleagues around campus who are addressing institutional needs. We got to help our institutions. We have to help them. We need private resources to make this happen. And so working with our chief diversity officers and other people on campus, what are those things that they need that are measurable so that two years down the road, we can say, okay, we wanted to have faculty of color and increase the percentage of faculty of color. We have increased that by 20%. And we've managed to retain them by X percentage because there is that. You can bring people to the table, but you have to give them dinner. You can't just have them for dinner and say, oh, hey, welcome. Have a good night. Go take care of yourself. So that's why, to me, it's got to be intentional. So let's talk about this intentionality that you're touching on. This reminds me of a conversation that Brent Grinna had with Amy Yancey of Boston College when he hosted her on the Rays podcast recently. I love this quote from their conversation. I would like your thoughts on it. So Amy's quote basically said, when choosing a mentee, don't gravitate towards the natural synergy. Extend your mentoring network and reach deeper into the organization to connect with those folks who might be historically left out of the equation. Intentionally building a mentee-mentor relationship is an opportunity to advance inclusion and equity on our teams. Can you talk a little bit about this, Kim? Certainly. I've made it a personal practice for many years now to make myself available to anybody and anybody on LinkedIn from an underrepresented group or others that may want to have a conversation about a career in advancement. A few years back, my colleagues from uh, around the country 
we started the Black Leaders in Philanthropy Initiative and work with African-American Development Asset Organization and other group, Men of Color in Development, to really make ourselves available to the folks that may not get the seat at the table. And that involved months of meeting one-on-one and having workshops to talk about things like things I wish I knew before I became a leader or how do I build my brand, those kind of things. And beyond that, just having candid conversations within the organization, I make it a point to know a lot of the junior team members that are of color and to make sure that they know my door is open. I reach out to them. We have coffee once a month. Some it's every few months to just sit down and have conversation, not talk about KPIs and to talk about all the performance measures, but to talk about what is it that uh, you're getting out of this experience? How can we help you get better and make yourself available? Hey, you can, uh, anybody listening to us, you can go on LinkedIn right now as you listen and find me at Kim Nione and hit me up. We'll be friends. And whatever you want to talk, I got at least 10 minutes for you. All right, Kim, let's boil this down and make this really actionable for our listeners. What are three things that every single advancement leader who's listening today can do to increase diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging on their advancement teams? Number one, you need to hire somebody who is DEIB person or build a team within your advancement shop, not central at the campus level, but it's got to be embedded. You need to empower them to actually make decisions and influence your thinking in terms of implementing such DEIB-focused programs. That's got to be front and center. And they the key word is empowerment. They have to be empowered. Number two, you have to look at pipeline building, building that pipeline for talent. Okay. That involves what I like to call creating intentional internship programs. I know it's not popular in many circles, but our office time said that if you want to have a diverse and representative group of, of employees or of team members at a time where we have a very big shortage of talent, create such a program at your institution, recruit students within your institution, groom them and guarantee them a first, a first job. Okay. If they graduate, they got first time job at your campus or in your organization, and you'll make a difference. And the last thing that, that I want to look at and coupled with that is look at the source of recruitment. Most of us go to the same places, talent search firms that go to, after the same folks. And we go through the local channels, through caves, so through other entities where we recruit people who have experience of some kind of development. I contend that you got to go to other agencies, community-focused organizations that, that work with particular populations of underrepresented groups and try to find people who have transferable skills and give them the opportunity. So for all of our listeners tuning in, Kim is a founding member of the Black Leaders in Philanthropy Initiative, and he and his fellow executive committee members have worked really hard to put together an 11-step equity and hiring pledge that every single advancement shop across the country can participate in and commit to. 11 steps of how we can all participate in taking action towards making our teams more inclusive. Kim, you recently on your Mentorship Matters podcast had a conversation with Dexter Bailey, Vice President of Advancement Alumni Relations at Caltech, and you talked about actionable steps that folks seeking a mentor can take to ensure that process flows smoothly and is mutually beneficial to both the mentee seeking a mentor and also beneficial for the mentor who can contribute in a really positive way to their mentee's 
Lee's life. Can you share with our listeners some of the highlights of that conversation and some steps that every single person seeking a mentor can take to make that connection? Absolutely. Happy to. So let's think about this. You are a professional who wants to be successful and want to invest your career in advancement. You have to master your craft. So whatever it is that you do within advancement, make sure that you master your craft and you develop that keen interest, just innocent interest in pursuing this field. And then once you do that, then look at those folks who are doing what you would like to do within your organization or externally. Don't be afraid of LinkedIn, okay? Reach out to, as I said earlier, reach out to me, reach out to whoever and say, hello, I am so and I have a deep interest in the field that we're in. I would like for you to help me be successful. Can we have a conversation? Now, once you initiate that, it's upon you then to make sure that you stay on top of outreaching to that individual that's being a mentor. Oftentimes, I'll tell you, Dexter Bailey, who you mentioned, has been one of my mentors over many years. And Dexter, I have to reach out to him because he has a busy schedule. He has the very busy travel schedule, family schedule. That just comes with the nature of being a vice president. So I took it upon me to reach out to him and say, hey, do you have 10 minutes to talk? Do you have 20? Do you have 30? So you got to be proactive. And lastly, if you're planning on meeting somebody, you're planning on having them be a mentor, know that these individuals are spending a lot of their time uh, voluntarily. You be prepared with specific outcomes that you want from that uh, relationship and be forthcoming. I, I need you to help me with this issue. I need you to help me with managing up, for instance, or managing down, left. And what should the steps that we take be? What should they look like? and help them define that. Kim, if there are folks from historically underrepresented groups that are listening into this conversation, could you share some groups and resources that are available to them if they're seeking a mentor who can meaningfully guide and shape their career path? So for those individuals who are looking for organization to mentor them, I'll mention a few. African-American Development Officers Network, Mental Calling Development. You can go to CFRE, online. And through that, you'll meet people that are in different aspects of advancement, not just higher education. I could also mention Hispanics and Philanthropy, that group that's working hard to build capacity of philanthropy in, in the Hispanic and Latinx community. There are so many different avenues where you can find via LinkedIn, where you'll be able to meet folks like me and others who can direct you to the right way. But all these groups may sound to be different, but I'll tell you that we all believe in the same cause, we all work together, and we're all here to help you. And more importantly, I want to tell people about the Case Diverse Philanthropy and Leadership Conference that happens annually. Great place to network with people, great place to, to meet individuals who are doing what you would like to do or aspire to do. And you'll find that there are people who are willing to invest in you, and it's going to be a blast. Hey, Kim, speaking of a blast... Let's talk a little bit about Mentorship Matters. This is a yes. new podcast that we're going to launch with Kim, and we're going to host it on Ever True Studios. It's an absolute privilege to partner with Kim on this. Kim, you and I often talk about our why. We reference Simon Sinek. What's our why? So what is your why for partnering with Evertrue to launch this Mentorship Matters podcast? My why is to invest in the future of our profession and to ensure that when I look back, 
There are a lot more people that look like me that are serving these organizations that we so dearly love, our universities, our nonprofits, and so forth. I've been fortunate throughout the years to learn from many incredible professionals who have invested in me. Even though early in my career I didn't have that, I feel like those investments by those individuals have been really critical in ensuring that I've, I've ascended to the roles that I'm in. So to me, Mentorship Matters is about how do we leverage, how do I leverage all these years of experience and the heartfelt investment that's important to me, important to others, because together we can move this profession forward towards the profession we want to be. We want to be the profession that reflects the people that we serve. And so Mentorship Matters is my way of saying, I want to give back to a field that I'm passionate about, that changes lives and shapes futures. And I want you to come with me because together we're going to learn some things. You may have some ideas. You can hit me out on email and say, hey, why don't you talk about this? And I'll find somebody who can talk about that. Or I can even have you come and talk to me about it. So it's going to be a great time. We're going to have a great year unpacking some meaningful things. And I'm very excited about this journey. Kim, give us a little teaser. Name three guests that you're hosting on the Mentorship Matters podcast that will launch soon and the topics that you'll cover with them. Absolutely. Coaching the best you, my friend Stephanie Balzer, who's an exec executive coach from Las Vegas, Nevada. I have succession planning with Jeff Goldberg, former provost and dean of the College of Engineering at the University of Arizona. And I have my friend, Dr. Anthony Jenkins, who is the president of the Coppin State University out of Baltimore, Maryland. And he's going to be talking about how HBCUs play a critical role in building the capacity for leadership in the African-American community. So we have a lot of good people, exciting stuff, and I can't wait to get started. I'm, I'm just like filled with energy. I want to get going right now. All right, everyone. You've experienced some of the passion and commitment that Kim Nayoni has for this field. Like I said, it is a privilege to partner with him here at Evertrue. Any final words before we... You're in a great field. You're in a field that changes lives and shapes futures of your communities wherever you are. Take that to heart. Think of the people that you're serving and think of the people in your organization that you would like to serve the organization. Empower them. Give them opportunities to grow. Help ensure that this field becomes better than it is today because we're all about process improvement and people improvement. So believe in diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging create organizations that we can all be proud of. Let's make it happen. The time is now, not tomorrow. I believe in you. Let's go. Power of Inclusive Mentorship featuring Kim Nayoni. Thanks all for tuning in.